Hey there, this is Pastor Corey, and welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. After you're done listening, I invite you to connect with us at branchlife.church to make sure you're up to date with everything going on at Branch Life. Want to share what you heard today? Subscribe to our YouTube channel and share this video with someone you want to encourage. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope that this presentation helps you connect with Christ and challenges you to reach those around you with the good news of Jesus. Hey, welcome to Branch Life Church. My name is Josh, one of the pastors with uh, Branch Life, and I am so glad to open God's Word with you today as we continue in our series that we're calling Good News for the rest of 2020. We are talking about good news in our church, in our community, and in God's Word. We have some great news to share with you this morning, and in just a moment, we want to talk to you about one of the most powerful pieces of good news that anyone could ever know. Now, for those of us that follow Jesus, this is something that we've heard before. And guys, it's going to be a refreshing reminder about what it is that God has done in your life and will continue to be doing. And for others, uh, this might be new information. And that's why we're bringing you this good news this morning. So lean in with us as we talk about this great news. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, What was the coolest gift you've ever gotten? I mean, you think about uh, all the gifts given all the Christmases ago or all the birthdays that you've had. What was the what was the best gift you ever got? Maybe maybe it's that gift that you were given when he asked you to marry him, right? Uh, getting gifts, getting something for free is awesome, and that is di- directly connected to our good news that we have today. Let me just share with you our good news statement for the day, and we'll jump into it. It's simply this: everyone can be saved. Everyone can be saved. We're going to talk about this incredible news, uh, and that this salvation, this ability to be saved is free to everyone who needs it, who everyone who wants it. It's a gift and it is the most powerful, precious, awesome, and amazing gift you could ever receive. Now at my house, we turn on the television program every so often, American Ninja Warrior. It's just a fun, fun program where different athletes come out and they try to get through this obstacle course. There's hanging and flipping and falling and all kinds of stuff. And in my house, this turns our house into an impromptu American Ninja Warrior uh, course. My, my little guys start running around the couch, jumping over banisters, up and down steps, pulling apart cushions, and, and doing all kinds of fun, crazy flips. So uh, one night we're watching American Ninja Warrior, and we saw the story of Austin Gray. Now, Austin Gray is a, a, an athlete, and he's a, a strong guy, and his... His theme for his run is called Share Your Spare. And what Austin did is is heroic. He gave freely an incredibly life-changing gift to a friend of his. Someone that he had known ever since elementary school that was in some need. And I pulled up the clip of this story from American Ninja Warrior that tells you about this incredible, powerful, life giving gift that Austin gave his friend. Go ahead and watch this. Up next is a hotshot rookie we're expecting big things from. This is Austin Gray. This guy's got skills, but what's really impressive about this 21-year-old is what he did off the course to save the life of a friend. One of these days you should try one of my workouts. Are you kidding? I mean, I could try it and I'd be good at it. I've known Kaylee since we went to school together in the fourth grade. 
Austin is the best kind of friend. He's loyal, outgoing, super smart. You can make the world's healthiest taco. <laughs> <laughs> Kaylee suffers from FSGS, that's focal segmental glomerulosclerosis. It means her kidneys are scarring over and no longer filtering blood. <laughs> there it is. That was easy. Kaylee's previous kidney transplant already failed from high school and she was looking for someone to help her. Hi. I got on the transplant list and he was one of the first people to step up, so we just went through the process and he came out on top. I got short hands. Let's go. Short hands. I had surgery this year in early February. All right, done. See you Here later. You go. On the other side. See you guys. I was never nervous to give up one of my kidneys. It was just one of the ways that I was able to help one of my friends. Feels like I did a million sit-ups. That's what she said. He's definitely my hero. He's always gonna be my hero. Ooh, I'm gonna cry. It takes a special person, a different person, to stop their life and put it on hold to donate anything, especially a kidney. You're good. See? He's such an inspirational, incredible person. Hey. Hey. I'm going to be so loud on the sidelines cheering for him. I'm probably going to lose my voice. Isn't that incredible? That young lady's life was changed because that young man sacrificed of himself and gave freely without want of anything in return. And he changed her life. He changed her forever and she was forever grateful to him. In today's Bible study, we're gonna look at Romans chapter 10, verses nine through 17. We're gonna dig in and understand a powerful gift that is given freely to you and freely to me, freely to everyone who is willing to receive it and how that gift then transforms our lives and we are forever grateful to the giver of that gift who gave of himself freely to us without expecting anything in return. So if you have your Bibles, run to Romans chapter 10, and we're going to read this passage together. And if you're in one of your small groups, we want to say hi to our worship sites that are watching all around the region. We want to say hi to all of you who are watching online, whether it's live or the rebroadcast, and all of you who are listening uh, on the podcast. We want to read Romans chapter 10 together. You can read it with me as I read it out loud, or you can pause this moment or mute this and read it together in your group, whatever you choose to do. We're going to read Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 9 through verse 17, and then we'll talk about these passages together. So let's read with me uh, as I read along. Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and, and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between the Jew or the Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call to him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him who they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. 
but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Hey, let's jump into this incredibly powerful passage together. In Romans chapter 10, starting right there in verse 9, you read one of the most famous verses in all the Bible. This verse is a life-transforming verse for me. I remember the first time I really heard and understood this verse. I want to tell you about that story in a second, but let's remind ourselves of what it says. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Remember, we're talking about good news and this verse has the good news, the gospel message wrapped up inside of it. God loves us so much that he gave his only son that we could all, so we could all be saved from our sins. That good news, that transforming message, that powerful, uh, that powerful truth is wrapped up here in this verse. And let's look at, at what this is. This is a if-then verse. This is one of those uh, conditional phrases. It starts with the if. Not everyone will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You've probably met or you are someone who does believe in Jesus. They believe in being born again. They believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead. And they talk about how that has impacted their lives. But there are other people who don't believe in God. Maybe you're someone who is is, uh, on a spiritual journey and you're not sure whether Jesus is who he claimed to be or if God is real. Maybe you're someone who's skeptical of all of it. You're interested, but you have a healthy bit of skepticism. You have to have some big questions answered before you would have faith. And for others, you've just decided that there is no God, that that this is not real, and uh, you would put yourself in a camp of someone maybe who's agnostic or atheistic. Hey, we're all on a spiritual journey, and this is a big if, and it is up to you to decide whether or not you are going to accept this gift that was given. Remember the young lady that received the kidney? She had received a diagnosis that was fatal. If she didn't do something for her own health, that she would eventually die. She was in a position of where she needed to be saved. But could you imagine if she said, you know what, my friend Austin wants to help me, but I'm, I'm not interested. Or, you know what, I, I don't believe that I'm going to die or that anything is really wrong. I look fine on the outside. Really, it's going to be up to me and I'm just going to muscle through this. She would have not accepted the gift and it would have changed her life. That same reality is true for you and it's for me. We first have to realize that we are sick, that we are in need of saving. Just two episodes ago, we talked about the good news that, that yes, we are sinners, but Christ died for our sin. We are broken and we need someone to fix us. And until you realize that you are, yes, as a matter of fact, drowning, you're not going to accept the saving from the lifeguard. If you confess, when you come to that point where you realize you need to be saved, that you are sick, that you are broken, and you need someone to fix you, if you then confess with your mouth and believe that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then, then you will be saved. When I was a young man growing up, I had heard about God, I had heard about Jesus, I heard about the Bible, heaven and hell. I believed that everyone was going to spend eternity somewhere. 
and I desperately wanted to be saved. But I got to the point in my spiritual journey where I was constantly asking God to save me. I was, I, it wasn't a, a matter of whether or not I believed in God. It was a matter of whether or not I was actually saved. You know, see, a lot of people, they believe in God, but they believe that they have to please God or they have to appease God in order for him to save them or rescue them. Have to do the right things, go to the right places. But the truth about this verse is that the, the gift of salvation is not something that you work for. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, but I was working hard as a young man to please God, and I would pray a prayer of salvation all the time. I remember for a season in my life going to bed every night, and I would say something like, God, if I'm not saved, save me. God, if I'm not saved, save me. The next night, God, if I'm not saved, save me. I, I want to be saved, and if I'm not, save me now. And I constantly was doubting whether or not I had actually received the gift of salvation. If I did it right, if I said the right words, if I actually believed enough. I remember one night being so upset about this that I went and I actually talked to a friend and, and my friend took me to Romans chapter nine and opened this verse for me and it changed my life. He said, Josh, go ahead and read this. And so I read this again and I have read this and I quote this verse quite a bit. And I read it and I, I said, yeah, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and he said, Josh, stop. Have you done that? Have you asked Jesus to save you and asked him to forgive you of your sins? And I said, yes, I actually have done that a lot. Okay, go on. And if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, he said, Josh, have you, have you believed that Jesus died? Do you believe that Jesus died, rose again? I said, yes, I believe. He said, so you believed in your heart and you confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord? I said, yeah. Well, what's the rest of it say? Then you will be saved. He said, read it again. You will be saved. He said, Josh, does that say you might be saved? I said, no. Does that say you could be saved? I said, no. He said, maybe if you're good enough and if you say it enough times, you, you, there's a chance that you'll be saved. No. He said, what's it say? You will be saved. He said, Josh, you're saved. You need to take Jesus at his word. And from that moment on, if you ask me how I knew I was saved, I would tell you this. Jesus told me so. He promised it. I have done and I believed what he has said over and over again. And now I take him at his word that he has saved me. And it has given me an incredible, incredible confidence and an incredible strength, an incredible peace and an incredible joy in difficult times and in great times. And it's something that I have an honor to share with other people. Romans 10.9 is a powerful verse that gives us an amazing promise that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And it goes on to explain what salvation is. How does this being saved thing work. Well, in Romans 10, 10, it says, for with the heart, one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. And so let's just unpack this. In that moment, when I believe that Jesus died and I confess with my mouth that, that he is Lord, what happened? Well, first it started in the heart. Salvation starts in your heart. You hear a message, you hear the news, you hear the gospel, and you realize that, yeah, you need this. And your heart is the first thing to change. You see, your heart is where you believe. Your heart is where faith begins. 
And inside of your heart, you believe in Jesus. And the Bible says that when your heart believes, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life, then you are justified. And justification is that legal process of being declared no longer guilty. You were wrong. It was broken. It's incorrect. It is illegal. But now you are justified and you are not guilty in the eyes of God. When are you declared not guilty? You're declared not guilty right at the beginning when your heart believes. You see, there's no action. There are, there's no uh, elaborate prayer. There's no good work that you can do to save you. You simply believe in your heart and then you are justified. All the work was already done on the cross when Jesus was beaten and died and broken and his blood was spilt for you. That's when your work was accomplished and we just simply accept that gift and we believe it in our heart. Well, then it moves to our words. You see, if you change on the inside, you will transform your outside. When you believe something in your heart, the Bible says that it overflows from your mouth and then all of a sudden what you say changes and if you believe in your heart that Jesus is has raised from the dead, then your mouth will follow and you will confess. You will call on the name of the Lord. You will proclaim that he is the God of the universe and the God of your life. If your words do not match you, what you say you believe, then you've got to check your heart. There are a lot of people that say they believe in God. They say they believe in Jesus, but they act and they talk like they don't. Your words should match your heart. And so what then happens in the salvation process is you believe first in your heart, but then with your words, you confess and then you're saved. And there's a moment of confession, of proclamation, we talk about confessing our sins. We talk about declaring Jesus as Lord. We talk about repenting. That happens in a conscious, mental, and verbal decision and conversation that we have with God. I decide to repent and turn directions. I decide to confess my sins and, and apologize for them and ask God to forgive me and ask God to save me because my heart believed now my words are transformed and I confess Jesus to be Lord be Lord do you believe that Jesus is Lord will you confess him to be God to be the Lord and ruler of your life if that's true of you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth then you are saved you go from broken to fixed you go from from sinner to saint you are now destined for eternity with God it's transformational in your lives. That's just one verse in our passage, and it's a life-changing verse. But look what then it says in verse 11. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between the Jew or the Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. you got to understand the book of Romans to understand how powerful this verse is. There was a debate. There was a conversation going on. Was Jesus just here to save the Israelites or was he here to save all the rest of us as well? And were we, this message, was it broader than just the Jewish people or is it something that's open to everyone? And the author, the Holy Spirit is saying that the gift, the good news is for everyone. 
It's for everyone who believes. Jesus died for everyone, for God so loved the entire world. And if anyone believes, they have access to salvation. Everyone who believes, everyone who calls, will be saved. That's you. That's me. That's my kids. That's my neighbor. That's my coworker. That's that's my enemy. That's 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 my president. That's everyone who has access to this. At Branch Life Church, we exist to strengthen your connection to Christ so that we can reach our world. And once you have believed in the name of the Lord Jesus, you then become a part of the family of God. And the stronger your connection to Christ, the greater your reach. And you are being asked by God to reach out to one other person. To reach out with this good news to all, to everyone. Because what you have is life-changing and life-saving, not just for yourself, but for every single person who believes. So we share this good news to all. We exist as light and salt in this world to proclaim this good news with our lives and with our words because it is available. There is no distinction between Jew or Greek. And we shout it from the mountaintops that our God is great and salvation is free and it's available to you if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Have you accepted God as your personal Savior? Have you believed and confessed with your, with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord? If you have not, I want to invite you in this very moment, whether online, on the podcast, or in person, to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, to believe, to make the decision to follow. Maybe you were trusting in a religion. Maybe you were hoping for salvation. Will you believe Jesus' words today and just in this moment accept him as your personal savior? If you're ready to believe in Jesus, I want to invite you into this prayer. Remember, the words don't save you. It's the belief in the heart and the confession that Jesus is Lord. Simply say to God, God, I'm ready. I'm ready to be saved. I believe that Jesus died and rose again from the dead, and I know that I'm a sinner. Will you forgive me of my sins? Will you come into my life and save me? Jesus is calling you to salvation. He needs a few good men and a few good women as a part of the family of God. He wants to use you and transform your life. This is good news for you if you've accepted Jesus, and this is good news for your one. You see, we all need grace. We all need grace. Grace is one of the most powerful parts of the gospel message. Grace is some of the best news that you can ever get. Just a couple of weeks ago, we said we all need a little more grace in 2020. Grace is receiving something that you don't deserve. God's riches at Christ's expense. We freely are forgiven no matter what we have ever done, said, or thought. No matter if we fought against God or ignored God. No matter if we've made mistakes in our lives or intentionally hurt other people. God says that we all have opportunity to have grace. How amazing is it that God loves you and is willing to pay the price for your sins and give you a little grace. And when we are filled with grace by God, we then freely give that grace to other people. We all need grace. And if you've been saved, can I remind you how powerful and how precious the grace is that you've been given?
And if you need salvation, lean in. God is pouring out his grace on you. And can we all give more grace in 2020 to those around us? Can we show them forgiveness that they don't deserve and love that they have not earned because of the Lord Jesus Christ? Because people are watching. And if you believe in Jesus, grace should mark your life. There is someone out there that you should be praying for, that you should be investing in, and that you should be inviting to Christ. That person, that one, can have their life transformed by the grace of God, just as you have been. So who are you praying for? Who are you, who are you asking God to pour his grace out on? We want to pause here in our time together and give you a couple of minutes to pray. Maybe you need to pray for your own personal salvation. Maybe you just need to spend time praying for people by name who you know need this, this great salvation that is offered freely. Will you in your groups, in your worship time, or as you're watching alone, spend these next couple of minutes praying? And if you are ready to be saved, take advantage of this countdown and have this conversation with God that will transform your eternity. And then plead on God's behalf, on, on other people's behalf, on the grace of God that he will draw your ones to salvation. Take, take these names and take this time to talk to God. Man, amazing grace, and how great is our God. What a great combination of truth. Once we know about our salvation, and once we've experienced the grace of God, we proclaim his greatness together. Let's finish up our Bible study by looking at a few follow-up questions that follow every discussion about the good news. I don't know if you've noticed, but I've seen a pattern as we've talked about the good news in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and, and, and 1 and 2 Corinthians in chapter 5 and Romans chapter 8 and Romans chapter 10. Every time the Bible talks about this good news, every time it talks about salvation and the gospel and your sins being forgiven and the free gift, it always asks a couple questions. It always brings back the, this powerful point that we want to share. Now look at these questions. And these are questions that you can discuss in your group at another time. These are literally questions that we are asked in the Bible. In Romans 10, 14, the first question, it says, how then will they call on him who they have not believed? So the, the first question is talking about people who have not believed in God. So, so what will happen to cause people to believe in God? How will they do that? How, how can my neighbor believe in God if he doesn't? How can my spouse uh, believe in God if, if she doesn't? How, how about my boss? How about my one? If they don't believe, what possible thing could hap happen to cause them to believe in God? We, we like to answer this question and be like, you know what? If God showed up in heaven, in the clouds, and he did something miraculous, like something amazing, if he maybe just came down and talked to them, right? And if God himself showed up, or maybe he would send a hundred angels, and the angels would show up, and I'd be like, aha, here's the angels I was telling you about. God is real, right? What, what would it take to help people to believe? He follows up that question with a second one, and how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? Well, maybe the problem of unbelief is the problem of not hearing. And, and the author is starting to, to kind of give us a breakdown uh, that we're going to talk about that becomes very important. But belief needs to be preceded by hearing. You know, there's a lot of people out there that have never heard this good news that I'm sharing. There are a lot of people that are confused about salvation 
and what it is and how you get it. And they are being told the wrong information. They need to hear the truth. They need to hear the right news, the good news, or they will not believe. So the questions continue. And how will they hear unless someone is preaching? Well, that makes sense. If there's not someone speaking the good news, then how are they going to hear it? If they need to hear it to believe, then someone needs to first say it. There needs to be someone who is preaching. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? In this powerful series of questions, we see the desperate need for preachers to declare the good news, to say it out loud. We need them to be sent. We need them to speak so that other people can hear and then believe. How can my loved one, my neighbor, my one believe in Jesus? They can do it if a preacher is sent to them who declares to them the good news, they hear it and then believe it. That's how God said salvation, the message of salvation, will impact everyone who believes. So who are these preachers? Who's he talking about? What's, what's, what's the job? Where's this person that I can find to send out? Is it, is it the pastor of your church? Is, is it the evangelist on TV? Like, who are the preachers? And here's what he's talking about. We are all preachers. Every single one of us are messengers with the good news. It is not your pastor's job to be the only one preaching in your community, in your family. God is sending you with this message. The Bible is clear about the priesthood of all believers. When we are a follower of God, when we're a disciple of God, we have been called into the preachership. We now have the words to share. We are the ones that are to declare the good news, to shout it from the mountaintops. It is your job to talk to others about Jesus. No, I can't do it. I'm too nervous. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. Hey, just start talking about Jesus and about how he's changed your life and what your story is about salvation and see what God does. Share the good news. It's simple. It's a simple gospel that we believe. Just start sharing it, that you need a Savior. God loves you. Jesus came to die for your sins. You can be saved. Let's just talk to people about that. We are all preachers. And, and let me look back at this. How will they preach unless they are sent? You might be saying, there, no, no, nobody sent me. I, I, don't, I, I never got, you know, kind of like ordained or, or I'm not hired by anybody. Listen, Jesus said to you and to me, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them everything I have commanded you to do. You have been sent by Jesus himself. And today, if that's not enough, I'm sending you. I want to send you out. I want to send you out to every home and neighborhood 
to every friend and dinner time. I want to send you out to every corner of the earth. Proclaim it on your social media, on your YouTube channels. Proclaim it in your, in your hallways and your classrooms. Proclaim it on your sports fields that Jesus Christ is Lord. You are sent to preach the good news of the gospel. And that's a conversation that you can have with all of those who you know are sick and dying and need a free gift. You have a free gift. Will you hand it out to the people around you? We are all preachers. And look at this. Romans 10, 15 says, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. One of the most beautiful callings in all the world is to be a preacher of the gospel, to be someone who speaks the good news. One of my favorite things to do is to talk to you through kind of a whiteboard. And I don't get to do that in this online setting very much, but today we're going to give it a go. And as we look at this, these closing verses in this powerful chapter in Romans chapter 10, it talks about being sent so that we can say the good news so others can hear it, their hearts can be changed, and they can confess with their mouth. What does that mean? And what does that look like? Hey, let's jump over here to the whiteboard and have this conversation together. In Romans chapter 10, all of us are somewhere on this spectrum. And the first thing that happens is that if you are someone who believes in God, you have been sent. And today we talked about who has been sent and, and what you've been sent to do. You've been sent to say the good news to everyone around you. And it's something that you don't stop. Now, when you are sent, you begin to be someone who says. You begin to be someone who, with your words, preaches. Now, you might be saying, I'm not going to stand on a soapbox out there and start, start yelling at people. Hey, that's a weird kind of preaching. That's not what we're talking about. It's just faithfully communicating God's word with your life and with your actions. That'll preach. That'll preach when you declare the love of God. That'll preach when you say uh, you need Jesus and I know how you can get him. Just have that conversation as you sprinkle it in through the, through the regular everyday ebbs and flows of life. You don't got to stand on a soapbox anywhere. You can just declare Jesus every day with your words. And then as the, there are people who preach, then others will begin to hear. Remember, how can they believe if they have not heard? And they will hear the words that you say. They will see the acts of kindness that you display. They will watch as you are an example of faith and grace and peace in hard times. And as you sprinkle in these words and these truths that God teaches you, they will hear. People are listening. They are listening to your life and they are listening to your words. And as they hear the good news of the gospel, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit does this work of drawing people to themselves where they will believe. You see, this is the part where the heart has faith. And once you believe in your heart, the next step is to change your words and to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And you are then sent to continue to proclaim so that others may hear and believe and change their words and be sent. Where are you in your spiritual journey? We are all somewhere in this spiritual journey in life. Maybe you've been someone who has believed in God for a long time. 
Maybe you've known there was a God out there, but you've never declared with your words, I believe, I confess. Maybe you're someone who prayed a prayer for salvation years and years ago, but you've always thought it was someone else's job to preach or to do the work of the ministry. And you're realizing in these moments that no, I'm the one that God has sent to my friends and my family. Well, that means you're here moving here. Maybe you have been faithfully declaring God's word. I want to encourage you in these moments that his word has the power to save. And as you go and you talk and you say and you declare, use the different methods and the tools that we have to declare the good news of the gospel and watch what happens when people hear and listen and then believe. And maybe you're hearing this for the first time anew and afresh and you realize you're the one that needs to believe. Where are you? On the spectrum. I would encourage you to draw this out and actually identify your position, your mark in this moment. In this moment where I stand, I literally stand as a preacher, declaring to you today the good news of God and inviting you to hear and believe or to be sent so that you can preach this good news as well. You know, this incredibly powerful verse and passage then ends with this thought in Romans chapter 10, 17. Faith, a belief in God, comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. What do you say? You simply say what God has said and share that good news with all of those around you. You say it with your words and you say it with your life. As you're a part of Branch Life Church, we encourage each and every one of you to dive deeper into your relationship with God so that you'll be able to see more people be reached with the good news of the gospel. There's an NFL quarterback named Matt Hasselbeck who uh, himself came to faith in Jesus, and he had this moment where he realized, yes, he was someone who believed, but he wasn't someone who was preaching, and he needed to be. So in these last moments that we have together, I want you to hear from Matt about when he realized God was calling him to say more to others about the good news of Jesus and what happened when some of those people heard from him the good news. I'll give you, I'm going to bury the lead here. It involves getting baptized, which is one of our most favorite things at Branch Life Church. And if you're ready to get baptized, we want to invite you to let us know on those connection cards. As you watch Matt's story, I want to then encourage you to respond. We're going to close out our time together and invite you to respond, to use some response cards. If today you prayed for salvation, if today there's someone that God's impressed on your heart, you're one you'd like us to pray for, you can let us know in these cards. You can let us know where you are uh, on our whiteboard chart today and how God has encouraged you in these moments. But don't move on from this moment without first having some time to respond to what God has taught you, teaching you, reminding you of today. And if you have any questions about your salvation, we have a way for you to respond as well. And we would be glad to talk to you more about what it means to be a believer in Jesus. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Listen to Matt's testimony and may it be an encouragement to you. My dad played football. When people would ask me what I wanted to do when I grew up, I would say, I don't know, I just guess I'll just play in the NFL like my dad. I was drafted in the sixth round, pick 187. I can remember when I got the call from the Green Bay Packers, Andy Reid, the quarterback's coach, calls me and he says, uh, hey, uh, tell me what you think about this next pick. And I'm looking at the ticker and it's like Green Bay Packers, it starts flashing, and it's my name. 
And I'm thinking, you guys are fools. <laughs> no one else is gonna draft me. I throw the phone up, I'm like, we're celebrating. I pick the phone back up, I'm like, hey, uh, coach, you know no one is probably gonna draft me. You know, like, you didn't need to draft me. But I was fired up. I get there and I and I see they've got a ton of quarterbacks. But my coach came in and he, he kind of instilled some confidence in me that I didn't have in myself. And one of the first things he says to me, he's like, listen, you need to believe that you can be the backup quarterback for this team. He was kind of like, he was a little churchy for me. I don't know, I was just very suspicious. Come to find out through uh, years of being with him and then um, you know, seeing him go through things in his life that the dude was legit and he was a good friend and a great teammate. I got in the elevator and I was like critical of what the chaplain had talked about. I was like, man, I'm so glad this guy that I invited said no on our team because the chaplain's never gonna reach that guy with that kind of a message. And Trent looks at me, he's like, it's not the chaplain's job to reach that guy. It's the chaplain's job to teach you so that you can reach that guy. And I was like, whoa, really? <laughs> I'm good at teaching a young quarterback the playbook. Hey, what do you do here on uh, Fox 2XY? Like, oh, dude play action is the whole deal. And I'm gonna tell you, nine out of 10 times you're throwing the tight end. Unless they're in quarters coverage, you're gonna throw the post. But otherwise, you're gonna go to tight end right to the X. And I guarantee you the X is gonna be open every single time. Unless they're playing two man on the backside, or it's press, bump, and run, then you're gonna have your fullback. And it'd be an easy gain, it'd be second and four. Like, I, I know that, I can give that away, I can share. And not only can I run the play, I can teach you the play. And so, I wasn't at a point with my faith that I could share it in a way that I knew it. Like I knew the playbook, like I was the starter. You know, I was like a rookie. Even though I had had the playbook for years, I didn't really know it. I wasn't making disciples. I was introducing people to the chaplain and feeling good about myself. There was a moment for me where I really felt something powerful that I can't even explain was last year, uh, we were at a conference type thing, and uh, I had invited our two young quarterbacks. I was like, man, I hope it's okay for them. I hope they like it. I mean, I, I like it, I hope they like it. And they were teaching on, this, on baptism. And uh, I'm like walking to them thinking like, hey, I was gonna tell my baptism story about like, hey, I, just, I know it's a little, I, I don't know how you feel about this. And, uh, and both of them and their wives said, hey, um, our team chaplain's not here would you be willing to baptize us? And I was just like, like, are you kidding me? God is present in all things, big or small, all the time. He can do anything he wants to do with anyone he wants to do, through anyone he wants to do it with. Hey, thank you guys for joining us today. We want to give you some time to fill out the response card at branchlife.church 
or linked there in what you are watching online. Would you be sure to do that if this is your first time or you're with us every time? We want to hear from you. And if you have questions about salvation and what it means to be saved, please go to the gospel card and uh, that link is also being posted. You'll get more information there in a way that you can hear back from us. We would love to hear from you today. If you accepted Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, we'd love to hear some first names of those that you're praying for. And we'd love to hear from you if you're a regular part of Branch Life Church and you're spread out somewhere online or uh, at one of our worship sites, check in and let us know how you're doing and how we can be an encouragement to you during this season. We want to invite you back next week as we conclude this part of our Good News series and we wrap things up. And in two weeks, we're having an incredibly special Sunday where we talk about the good news for the future of Branch Life Church. And we're looking at some exciting things in 2021. So will you join us again next week and the next week as we continue to share good news uh, from, from Branch Life Church. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Take some time to respond.